We're now in year two of HIPAA omnibus enforcement. So what kinds of enforcement activities and breach trends might we see? I'm Marianne Kolbesak-McGee, Executive Editor at Information Security Media Group. Today I'm speaking with Brad Rostalski, a HIPAA privacy and security attorney at law firm Reed Smith. Brad will discuss how covered entities and business associates should prepare for possible HIPAA enforcement actions and investigations. Hi, Brad. Thanks for having me. Thank you so much for joining us. So now, the Office for Civil Rights recently disclosed that its next round of HIPAA compliance audits, which were due to begin this fall, have been delayed. OCR has also gone back and forth about whether they'll be doing mostly on-site audits or remote desk audits. But with so much up in the air still, what's your advice to covered entities and business associates to be ready for a possible HIPAA audit, regardless of when the program relaunches and regardless of whether OCR performs mostly on-site or remote audits? I think right now the... Fortunately, the, the easiest answer to that question is to have covered entities and business associates continue to engage in things that are relatively easy to accomplish. The most important thing to be focused on right now in terms of audits would be get your house in order. Make sure you've got appropriate policies and procedures. Make sure you're doing training. Importantly, make sure you're documenting that training you know, as you need to do. And then kind of goes without saying these days, given the, the tenor of the, the past 12 to 24 months' worth of enforcement, but make sure that you've got a, an objectively compliant security rule risk assessment completed. And whether you choose, whether the business associate or the covered entity chooses to engage a third party to do that or not, it's important that that is completed, it's completed thoroughly, and not that it's critical to the ultimate determination of whether it is in fact compliant, but it's it's never a bad idea to be focused a little bit on the optics there. So some, sometimes engaging a third party who does these, who goes into covered entity after covered entity or business associate after business associate so that everything looks the way that OCR would expect it to look like. Because ultimately, whether it's through an audit or through a breach investigation or some other sort of investigation or reason that OCR might come calling, they're always going to ask for that document. So I'd, I'd say, you know, get your administrative policies and procedures and, and other things along those lines in order. Ultimately... The word on the street is that regardless of, of whether at some point audits involve people coming in live, the initial request is going to involve just that, a request for information of various sorts, which will likely include all of the policies and procedures, etc. And there's not going to be much of an ability to ask for a delay. So having that ready to go is exactly the best step to take. So now, Brad, we're in year two of HIPAA omnibus enforcement Besides the audits, what other kinds of enforcement actions do you think we'll likely see from OCR in the year ahead? I guess what we've seen is is, is an incredibly increased reporting of breaches as a result of the removal of the risk of harm threshold analysis from a breach determination. So probably we're going to see a lot more breach investigations and enforcement. Very likely, and I think everyone's kind of waiting with bated breath to see how OCR handles this and whether or not it's it's done in a way that we all kind of expect, whether or not OCR looks at a business associate that arguably was the cause of a breach 
as the target of an investigation as opposed to the covered entity. I think we're going to see general investigations of privacy and security nature probably more focused on security with respect to business associate compliance. And I guess the one thing that we haven't seen any of yet really, but, but something that I, I, would, I would think is coming down the pike given the, the focus on it would be investigations involving issues related to marketing and the sale of PHI. So with that said, who should be prepared to answer questions to OCR about marketing? Is it more of how the covered entities allow PHI to be used? Is it you know the business associates using it, or who should be aware and what should they be doing? I think the the issues related to marketing and the sale of PHI are can become a little bit complex and convoluted. Maybe the easiest context to think about it from the get go is would be the prescription reminder refill stuff the, with the guidance that came out following the Adherus lawsuit. But generally speaking, in, in order to prepare for those issues, it's probably uh, the most prudent thing to do now is to really get a sense of your PHI flow throughout your organization and throughout your different business arrangements, understanding where the PHI is going, why is it going there, and importantly, are there any dollars changing hands as a result of that or in connection with that. And then with the sale of PHI issues because that can be triggered not just with dollars being provided but with in-kind benefits being provided. There's at least the potential that savings or deals being struck where PHI is involved could potentially implicate that. I think the biggest challenge is going to be, well, one of the biggest challenges here is going to be the fact that when you when you look at the regulations from the final high-tech rule as well as the prescription reminder refill guidance, one could make the argument that OCR is, is now starting to regulate whether a business associate is being paid appropriately for their services. And when they start talking about fair market value, it brings to mind the question, all right, so it, it's okay if certain things happen if, if the appropriate dollars are paid in the past, and, and I think largely in the present, unlike the fraud and abuse world, HIPAA was never focused on looking at the business relationship and the business deal being struck. It was it was focused on, on looking at who's using the information for what purpose and whether it's permissible. And I, and I do think that it's at least fairly likely that OCR is going to start focusing on this at some point. I do think for the moment they're, they're looking at the low-hanging fruit with the breaches and the increased uh, reporting of them, but it, it would not be shocking if they started focusing on, the, on these other issues that they spent a lot of time writing about in the preamble and, and the final regulations themselves. So when it comes to money changing hands, what does that mean? Does that mean that, again, if there's some sort of business relationship, there's a higher expectation for this data to have been protected if there's a breach? What does that mean? Basically, whenever a covered entity and a business associate or any variation of organizations that, that are regulated are involved in some sort of business relationship, and PHI is, is flowing one way or the other, and someone's being paid for services, it becomes a question of, is that dollar amount appropriate for the services involved? And with respect to marketing, if a party out there is being paid by a covered entity or, or, or is paying a covered entity some dollars, and the covered entity is involved in, in sending various communications out there to patients, where it would be marketing that the product made by the, the initial company. There are various ways for, for some of that to be okay, but ultimately it's, it's a little bit challenging as the business 
relationships become more complex. And the, the likelihood that there are going to be some issues relating to sale and, and marketing that, that hide inside of one of these relationships is just increasing because the, uh, the scrutiny is, is increasing as well. What sorts of privacy and security concerns do you think consumer wearable technologies like the upcoming Apple Watch might present to healthcare entities and business associates? I guess there are kind of practical, pragmatic concerns that folks are going to have that are always going to be there. And, and there may be some FTC-related concerns in terms of some of the financial information and, and other stuff involved. And I think it's kind of twofold. You've got HIPAA and non-HIPAA issues. You know, it, it's, it seems that for the moment, Apple has at least been putting this out there in a way that would not necessarily implicate HIPAA. If it's a consumer product and consumers are independently and on their own volition entering data or allowing data to be entered into various applications that that communicate that data to and fro different places, there's no regulated entity there. You know, something like the Apple Watch or similar products would have to be formally part of a benefits plan under an employee-sponsored health plan or or other uh, insurance program or being used and foisted upon the patients by their provider. Ultimately, in order for HIPAA to get in, into that, you're going to need for a regulated entity to be involved because individuals are able to give their protected health information or what would be their protected health information, their, I guess, regular health information in this context, to anyone they want. And the regulations wouldn't apply unless ultimately there's a regulated entity involved. And and it's, it's not clear to me that Apple or you know the other the other folks that are involved in, in this particular market right now are having their product integrated into the uh, into the patient world in that way. That doesn't necessarily mean that there's no privacy concern. I think it's important that patients, regardless of whether HIPAA is implicated, are their own best advocate and and make sure they understand what it is that they're entering their data into and just are aware of where their data is going. And and then they can make a decision for themselves as to whether or not they're comfortable with that data flow. So now, Brad, details are still sketchy, but Facebook is expected to be entering the healthcare market soon. Possibly health apps, perhaps communities for people to discuss various health issues. So when it comes to social media... What are the biggest security and privacy concerns related to health information? What do you think consumers should know and potentially health providers if, indeed, there are all of a sudden Facebook health apps? Much like with the Apple Watch and and products like that, places where consumers are patients are entering things directly into the into a website or to a portal or some sort of social media that's it's, it's kind of outside the, the HIPAA realm so to speak I strongly suspect that any sort of blog out there or group chat or, or what have you is going to likely find itself filled with individually identifiable health information and I think folks just need to be careful with what they're entering certainly being anonymous in those contexts is maybe preferable for most individuals. And from an FTC perspective and, and just a general security perspective, I think it's probably going to be a little dicey in terms of just how private and potentially secure that information ultimately is. But it's, uh, it's kind of a double-edged sword because folks, certainly there's a benefit to being able to communicate 
over the internet with other folks suffering from a, a, a condition that, that you've got or a family member has. And the ability to have that free-flowing communication you know, across the country, across the world, without having to be there in person is, is valuable. That being said, it, it's also important that folks that are engaged in that kind of activity are aware that they're, they're kind of putting their information out there. And unfortunately, HIPAA is not there to necessarily protect it. There may be some state laws that uh, folks involved in that uh, from the business side need to be aware of, depending upon what kind of health information we're talking about, whether it be mental health or HIV status, et cetera. But at the same time, it's not necessarily a HIPAA issue just because of the context. Thanks, Brad. I've been speaking to attorney Brad Rostalski. I'm Marian Kobasek-McGee of Information Security Media Group. Thanks for listening. Okay, great. Take care. Take care. You too. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.